0: your favourite book and would you like to talk about it? Pour a pint, make some tea, pull a chair, oh. Let's talk worlds, it feels so real, feel
1: free to scream and shout it, it's okay, you're in Fiona's Book Club. Hello, how are you doing? Thank you for being here. It's episode two of Fiona's Book Club and I'm your host, Fiona Frawley. And it's the 19th of May. 2020 and, you know, lockdown or some form of lockdown continues, excuse me, here in Ireland. Garden centres and woodies reopened but I don't think they'd let me record the podcast there so I'm still doing the episodes over the internet. The quality is okay I think, you can let me know. The only time it gets a bit shite or a bit crackly is when me and my guests start laughing loads, which I can't help but take as a personal attack, because I want us to laugh. So <laughs> it's hard that that's when the sound kind of cuts out. But um, I hope that's not too distracting this week. I'll try and continue to work on it. Anyway, I hope you're doing well. I was uh, reminded by a trusted source of mine that um. I forgot to introduce myself last week or two weeks ago, so I'll I'll indulge in that, I'll quickly do that. Yeah, so I'm Fiona Farley for my job. I read traffic on the radio, which is good, it's a fun job. Not much traffic at the moment, but you know, we come up with something. I'm a comedian, um, or I will be when we're allowed to go outside again. I also trained as an actor, that's kind of how I got into comedy. Um, Because acting just didn't really happen. Or, you know, yeah, it didn't happen. Kind of, after acting school, didn't get an agent, went for the odd audition, but I wouldn't... I never got anything. And, you know, after that happens a few times, you kind of feel like you can't recall yourself an actor. Even though I would still like to do it, and maybe I will one day, but... I can't say it at the moment because your auntie's friend will be like, and what have I seen you in? And you're like, and an IADT short film from 2015. So that's on the back burner at the moment. But it was a fun time um, in my life, drama school. Um, It was was crazy because I've, you know, uh, I've changed school a couple of times. And done a few different courses and probably just due to things that happened in my teenage years. I've always approached every course or every new group of people, you know, quite defensive, thinking everyone's going to be laughing at me, going bright red if anyone speaks to me and trying to just stay in the background and not attract any attention. And in drama school, they were like, that's not really going to work here. They were nice about it, the teachers. They were like, come on, little fella, come on out. Um, Actually, the voice teacher kind of hated me, which was funny. Because if you, um, in drama school, the kind of most important class you can do is voice class. But it's also the most wanky and annoying. So if you're a person like me who was a bit sceptical to get into the whole thing, that is the class you'd struggle with the most because they make you do um, just the typical wanky stuff that you see drama students doing on TV and it actually is helpful but until you realise yourself why it's helpful you're going to violently oppose doing it as I did so we, we bumped heads but look, no hard feelings I'm out of work I'm sure he's still telling people to find their pelvic floor so it's grand Anyway, um, my guest this week is another comedian, a brilliant comedian and writer, Alison Spittle, And the book she chose is The Ballroom of Romance. I hope you enjoyed it. If you read along, I'm talking to you, one girl I know who ordered it online. Thank you, Rebecca. Or if anyone else read it, or if you've already read it, or, you know, if you watch the movie. I know some people mentioned that they had watched that. I actually haven't watched it yet, so I must watch it after this, um, because I hear it's very good. So I am going to watch that. And there's also a synopsis on fionasbookclub.com if you would like to listen to this, but you haven't read the book and you don't think you will. I'll say again, there will be spoilers for the ballroom of romance, so... If that's an issue for you or you do not want to know what happened, you want to go away and read it, you know, pause this, go and quickly read it. It's just 20 pages long and then come back and join us. But yeah, so had a really good chat with Alison. We talk a bit at the start of the podcast about her play she wrote called Starlet, which is also, you know, it has similarities to the ballroom of romance in the sense that it's, you know, about... The Courting Experience in Rural Ireland. Um, It's a brilliant, hilarious play, and if you ever get the chance to see it again, I would highly recommend it. So that's kind of what we're chatting about at the start, about the length of it, and if there's ever any moments that you're unclear about that, we're talking about her play Starlet, and I hope that's okay. But um, Alison is someone I really admired when I started... In comedy, I think every kind of female comedian who starts you know, on the Dublin scene would look up to Alison. She's sound and kind of when I started, I think it might have been maybe my fourth gig. It was in a place called the Hey Penny Bridge Inn and it was like um, an audition for Britain's Got Talent. I think you might have had about three minutes. There's probably about 30 comics on. It was a terrible night but I thought I was special because i I've been asked to do it and... I was at that time, early on as a comic, maybe it was the same for uh, some others who do comedy, you kind of felt like you had to write a new five minutes every time, in case some of the other comics saw your same stuff and you felt like you just had to keep bringing new stuff. So naturally, the new stuff would get shitter and shitter, because you're just trying to come up with stuff. You know, your initial jokes might have been good, work on them. Sorry if anyone's listening to this and is about to start comedy... If ever that's a possibility, you know, do your start your five minutes and work on them and get them good. Don't feel like you need to keep doing jokes as I did. So by the time I was coming round to this Britain's Got Talent competition, um, I had a pretty terrible set. But Alison was there. I don't know if she'll remember this, but. She was sitting inside me, and I kind of got talking to her. And then as the night went on, fair enough, she was like, "Um, I think I'm going to leave. I don't really want to do this. And I didn't even know her, but I was like, please don't leave. I really look up to you, and I think you're really funny, and uh, I think you should do the competition, and I think you should stay. And she was like, oh, um. that's that's nice she obviously um I must have maybe felt obliged to like stay and watch me then my set was terrible so bad you can imagine and for years after that I thought oh my god Alison Spittle hates me because of my terrible set that's just the kind of stuff that goes through your head as a comedian or my head anyway constant self-doubt constant thinking people hate you in the last year or so I've kind of come to come to terms with the fact that Alison probably did not care about that night and I don't think she <laughs> hates my comedy but yeah that was an interesting journey but I was really glad to have her on the podcast and I was delighted to talk about this book The Ballroom of Romance Um I hope you enjoyed it if you read along or yeah I've kind of already said this bit so why don't we get into the chat why don't we do that are you ready yeah are you feeling good Or are you just feeling in a position to listen to this? I hope you are. And I hope things are going well. Thank you again for being here. Um, If you do enjoy, sorry, could you... I'm sorry to interrupt with this, but I must say, can you, you know, like and subscribe? Or if you'd like to leave a comment under the podcast and let me know you were enjoying it. It actually got to, when it came out um, two weeks ago with Vicky Angel, it got to number four in books chart in the podcast app which i thought was pretty cool so you know we could keep doing stuff like that anyway sorry what was i saying get comfortable i hope you're looking forward to this and i hope you're ready to kick back relax get lost in the ballroom of romance and enjoy this chat with Alison spittle Right, so come here to me. Yeah. Um you you recommended Ballroom of Romance. And yeah. I read it and I had a big cry. What made you pick this book? Um the length
0: of it, to be honest with you. It's probably the shortest book that I've enjoyed. I love going on holidays so you can pick what books you bring. And I brought well my boyfriend actually brought over um a ballroom of romance because it's so small, it'll fit into your pocket you know and that's the joy of a of a short story and I had just written a play uh called Starlet and I was going on holidays uh it was actually we were going on holidays after after the end of filming Nowhere Fast and oh. it was like very yeah it was lovely it was lovely because like it worked nonstop for months like weekends everything just it was a very crazy kind of Time in my life and uh, work wise, and then I went on this holiday, and we had like um, we went to Spain, and we we did that thing in Spain where yeah we were we're not like uh, well off, so we were going uh we were going self catering. and Good. We had uh yeah I know, and we went to the little in Spain and got a lot of um, uh these little green peppers that you can hot fry in a pan with olive oil and salt flakes, and it's amazing. And uh, I just remember, I think it's Padron Peppers, I think they're called. So I just remember eating a lot of Padron Peppers and reading this book in the sun and the wind. It was very windy. Do you know what? Reading that at that time in my life, it was such a weird period because it was after I'd done a lot of work and I was scared about how it would turn out and how people would react to it. And it was also a time where I was like creatively doing a lot of stuff and I felt... I felt like I didn't have to analyse things or feel any feelings because I was working so hard. And when I read that book, it was just, it was just, yeah, it was just really, really enjoyable. Just really liked the book, really liked what it was about. Um, the the Some of the, like, visuals in it and, you know, the, the dialogue is so good because all of the characters say, Feck off, which is, like, my favourite yeah. That
1: is, I think, um, Genre. <laughs> Yeah, it just said, the fact that you talk about the length of it, I completely agree because I think it's a story like, that probably will never leave me and upset yeah, me and move me as much as, you know, big long novels. It said so much and it did not need to harp on about anything. Um, you know. Yeah,
0: and it's such a window. It happens over one night and the way that Um, I feel about it's like with the with the play that I wrote. Um, is about forty five minutes, and for me, anyway, and the way I wanted to write it, I feel like it says everything that I wanted to say. And I feel with this short story, if this was a long book, a longer book, book, I don't think it
1: would have been as good. Um, I completely agree. I love um brevity. And things being short, I because I saw the first version of Starlet when it was on at Scene and Heard. So how long was it? Would it have been twenty minutes or half an hour? Yeah, yeah. It would have
0: you have to share an hour with another company, so you know that like whatever you're going to do is not going to be longer than half an hour. And instead of writing the play like like I thought it was going to be a play, I was trying to write the story within the within the constraints of it being a half an hour. So, I was trying to get bits of information across that I thought would be that I thought was pertinent to the story in a, in quick enough time, and that could be like through a sentence or you know that type of thing and yeah. reading that book it was it, do you know I'm so glad I read it but I'm so glad I read it after i wrote uh, after I wrote the first draft to start it because for me, reading that it just got across the bits of information so quickly, so well. Just with it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like they're uh like he's pushing across a point or you know every piece of information is said once and you have to pay attention um
1: mm-hmm. it's so yeah it's so uh it was so inspiring actually that's so true like when um you know when she likes dano obviously yeah he seems like a sound lad, and then when she's trying to get him to have what's that? Like some sort of eye cream or something? Oh, she's tricks. trying to give him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he goes, oh no, it's okay You know Miss Griffin or whoever he lives with you know, reckons I need glasses. And that's all that needs to be said. And Bridie's like, oh right, so she's trying to marry him. And there's nothing else said about it. And and, and the injustice for
0: her of, and I understand this, of, and it, do you know what? It really... It really fed into like the things I don't like about my personality or uh the things that I feel uh that I have to check myself up about would be like misogyny, mm. internalised misogyny, especially within like a professional uh setting. Like, you know, when I first started doing comedy, you you get you get the once again it comes to fucking compliments, you get compliments going you're very good for a woman, or you're the best yeah. woman on that night when there was only, like, two women on, and then all of a sudden, in my head, I was like, oh, cool, I want to be the best woman on each night instead of, like, I want to be the best, or I want to do my best, which I think doing my best is kind of better than being the best, because I mean, that's so weird in a way to, like, you know, it drives me insane, but for to, I totally understood um, how how she was feeling of, like, This is so unfair. I play by the rules. I, I go. I I dress up. I dress up nice. I am Mm. pure. You know, pure to a degree. You know, like I, I have land. She has land. Yeah. You know, like I can't remember what her friend is called. The older friend that she's worried about becoming. Oh yeah, the Madge. Madge, yes. So you know, at the end. Madge goes what does she have that I don't about Bridie in relation to Bowser mm. and um, the woman that owns the hall says like a, a plot of land so Bridie in her head has a plot of land she's also a woman of good standing like you know it seems like she's from a good family there's no the, the, the her reputation she's no bad reputation so yeah. therefore she's not sullied Or, and I'm doing all the air quotes here or whatever. No, but but I think um, we can know
1: that.
0: Yeah. 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 And like she plays by the rules, but yet a woman who is a widow, so therefore less than 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 Bridie, you know, a woman that's not a widow and has a disabled son. And um, she she loses this potential man uh, to this widow. And there's an unfairness there that that Bridie feels of like you know, uh, oh, how could she get a man and I can't get a man and, um, and also this is a thing that like she has no other goal other than to get a man, and it's it's a survival thing. It's it, you know she's physically not going to be able to to look after the farm when her
1: father's dead okay. on her own. It's purely practical why she wants someone. And she just wants someone sound. Like she's already lost the love of her life when he went off to England with your one and she didn't even let herself be sad about that because as you say, she's a practical woman and doing what she thinks is right. And she's like, right, Dano is, I know he's decent. He's sound to the woman he lodges with, sound to the son who has a disability. So we will probably be sound... When he comes to live with me, we'll get yeah. along, and he'll do a few jobs, and he won't mind losing out on his wage because he'll live here rent free. And-
0: yeah, and he doesn't drink, and that's a big factor as well as like. But it's funny how, like, a lot of the men in this book—I mean, a lot of the men in this book remind me of men in my life, uh, village-wise, and you know, just just people I know and that whole thing of like there is this element of is this person going to be trouble and um the thing i find very interesting and i don't know about you but when i was younger i and i feel like i'm talking over you sorry about this no
1: you're here to talk
0: i know it's it's so hard like it's lovely it's so lovely to do you're such a great idea for this podcast it's really great but i remember when i was um when i was young i used to love reading um like Sense and Sensibility um a lot of Philippa Gregory books which is this like she's a, a fiction a, a historical a historical writer but like all of the stories are practically fiction like but it's it was set within like Tudor times or whatever hmm. so when I was a teenager I felt like I was reading history books but I wasn't I was reading the big
1: bodice-ripping romantic novels you know <laughs> but I but you were life. learning about a time that wasn't yours, like whether it was. Oh yeah. The other oh, story yeah. that was going on, you know, you felt cultured as fuck.
0: I did, I did, I really did. Uh, but with that, with those books and with that time, like I was reading about rich people worrying about marrying uh, with very practical kind of things in their mind, like you know, will the land be divided up? He's he's not a rich man, but he's from the nobility. All this bullshit um that i didn't really relate to and then yeah. when i when i read um ballroom of romance i was like aha it all you know this whole social standing thing it's on a smaller scale but it's as important to to people uh in a working class rural background that kind of thing of like you know will he drink will he drink clothes will he beat the shit out of me like yeah. it's a bonus if he doesn't beat the shit out of me of course um it's just it's it's actually it's it's so, it's so sad and horrific, but it's so good at the same
1: time. That's how it's so good, though. It's so horrific, but it doesn't even say it. It just lets you think it yeah. and know it without even yeah. saying. When when it's like, okay, Bridie was like grand, and that was her last night at the ballroom of romance, and we're yeah. like, oh my god, I know she's never going back because she thought, fuck it, what more can I do? I don't want to end up with fucking Bowser, even though she reckons she will by the end of it.
0: Yeah, uh, that's the fucking sad thing. I think Bowser, like, my theory about that is, uh, and these, if if people haven't read it, the book, basically the book is about uh, Bridie's one last night at the ballroom of romance. Her father is a farmer. She works in the farm. She's been going for, like, more than 20 years, I think. Yeah, and, like... There's only like one woman older than her there, Madge, who, who is a warning to Bridie. Like Madge, poor Madge, Madge is like um Madge, and you see this is the cruelty of humans as well as that. Like um, I do see for me, I see Madge as someone that is vulnerable, um, and yeah. and this whole this whole, like I've seen it and uh, in my life of just like when there's fuck all happening in your life you can you can take the piss and I'm sure I've probably I'd I'd say I've been uh been a person that has joined in bullying someone I'd say because I was I was bullied myself and I feel like bullied people remember who bullied them but bullies don't remember who they bullied and yeah I've got a feeling I've definitely fucking took part in that behavior because it's just you know Definitely, I just can't and whoever feels like I have, I'm very
1: sorry. no, it's know? so true, and it's so important to admit that in the same way that you admitted the internalized misogyny because we all have it, and the psychopaths yeah. or this dangerous people are the people who are like, "I'm not misogynistic, I'm not racist, I've never bullied." Because as you say, like something that you did in a group when you were 15, just laughing at someone so you wouldn't get laughed at that you think meant nothing. It could have crushed that person, especially as you say, when they're vulnerable. And like, yeah, we probably have seen that older lady at the disco. Like if you ever went to a rural disco and be like, oh, Jesus, you're one. And I would feel horrendous to think that I did that. But I can't say I never did because I'm not trying to make out like I'm a perfect person you just have to grow and learn to be more empathetic
0: yeah it's, exactly and it's do you know it's not great but there's a thing about like I think I've become I, I'm definitely susceptible to, to feelings of internalized misogyny or bullying and yeah. um, but I am quicker to stop myself do you know what I mean like yeah. I can, almost, well, you can and I feel do. Yeah, I feel good about that. Like, you know, like the feelings will rage and bubble inside me. And then I'm like, hey, why am I feeling this? But with Madge and with Bridie, I, I like that they're friends, but I can see that like Bridie sees Madge as someone that she'll turn into and is afraid of what's going to happen with Madge. But the men at this dance, like uh, the older middle-aged men, don't come in until like halfway through the book because they've been at the pub. Yeah. And this and you're not like moment- drinking... Yeah, and that was funny because that was kind of an interesting thing for me about that was um my grandparents the Irish side my grandparents met in London and my granny was about 14 or 15 when she moved to London to work. So I don't feel like ballrooms. I've never heard I've never heard my grandparents go on about ballrooms within Ireland. I've heard them talk about like Irish centers in britain like their early adulthood teenage life was in in britain so i wonder i've never heard like um the the whole the whole ballroom scene to me is just so it's so interesting i i have a real a real love for joe dolan that's not which i thought when i was a teenager was
1: uh ironic ironic but it's not i (laughs) really get you (laughs) What, one, not not annually. Yeah, do you have to accept it when you become a woman in your late twenties, yeah. early thirties? Really? Like, no, I just love Joe.
0: I'm serious. Amazing. An amazing voice. An amazing voice. And um, and even even when I was a young one, uh, Jesus. Now this is going back. RT brought out this drama called. It was a light kind of. Uh, comedy drama called showbands. With Carrie Sedona. Yeah. And Susan yes. McFadden did the singing. She listened oh. to her sister in law singing. That was good
1: Carrie can sing. Gary's got a set of pipes on her.
0: I know, I know. Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. But the whole the whole idea of uh ballrooms uh really interested me uh, so like show bands and that type of thing interested me as a young one but this book kind of opened up i I just had never thought of the possible you know the practicalities of uh being a woman in ireland i i had like heard of the, ma- the probably the media that i took in about women in olden times within ireland are either women that live in massive houses Hmm. And are looking out at the fields, and they're like, "Oh, you know, the famine uh is happening to the others, but I love this, you know, that kind of bullshit." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or yeah.
1: <laughs> I have a famine of love, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this is my real famine, honey. Yeah. <laughs> um.
0: Or or um, or the other type of media would be women in in magdalene um oh. or, and it was interesting. They refer to like. The men refer to, like, women being fresh away from the nuns, which... What was the talk mean... about that?
1: Had they... I started to think, is that just the name of their school? Presentation. On... No, but are, are they nuns? Because I was like, how is the situation that so many women in this community have broken away from the nuns? And they're all down at the club now. But... Because I was... Yeah! But
0: you know what? You're, I think your theory is actually correct the more I think about it. I... Maybe I put it into my head because I have this like big massive woo It's like I've just you know, I live in Britain now and I tell everybody about the Magdalene's all the fucking time. Do you know when uh, you go yeah. like Ireland is great and I'm like eh, well excuse me <laughs> but...
1: <laughs> If I may.
0: If I may. Um so like yeah, maybe that's that makes a lot of sense. Oh that's that's just as creepy. I mean I'm these not These are middle aged sure. men.
1: Oh stop! I know, and these middle-aged men would
0: like get a young one. Do you know? Like this is why Bowser is Bowser, because he mm. could be drinking and raking up until he's forty-eight, and then get he, you know, he's he is gonna probably end up. I don't think he'll end up with Bridie. I no. think I think the he'll ride her in the field, and then he'll leave her off, and it'll just be, a a, a lonely existence for Bridie. And I think he'll end up marrying like a like someone fresh out of school, like just some poor farmer's daughter, there'll be about 25 years between them. He'll squeeze out a few kids and he'll just, you know, I I think that's, that's the tragedy of biology for me was reading it and going,
1: these yeah. women
0: are so fucking trapped by our own
1: bodies. Like we're so... You're so right. Because it's kind of like, it's a little quick look at a story that we've heard loads of times before or because yeah. it might just be through, as you say, Bowser's eyes or Bowser's young wife's eyes. But this time we just quickly saw it through Bridie's eyes. Yeah. And like Bowser, it's it's like a guy in any nightclub. Like he's going for whoever. And then at the end of the night, he was locked and Bridie was there. Yeah.
0: Like and if
1: no, that's what it is. And Bridie, if, knows Bri- if Bridie wasn't there,
0: he would have wrote Madge, and he probably did loads of times before, but he told her to fuck off tonight because he saw, like, uh, uh, like, that's, and that's what will happen to Madge, and that's, I think, I think that's what makes me, like, angry the most, or, like, with my friend. When I was young, like, I was very into justice or whatever, or, like, just whoever yeah. my friends were right I was like, they do not deserve you, and, like, you know and the only time that like men would come on to me back in the day would be like at five in the morning and I would be like I have no time for this like Mm -hmm. good luck you've tried every one of my friends and now you're you know Um, and so for me like Bridie as well as would be she'd be a peripheral character in so many other people's stories like it would be she's almost the, the madge
1: it's man that everyone else's story yeah
0: yeah yeah everybody is imagined someone else's story do you know everyone thinks they're bridey but yeah.
1: they're
0: actually a match to someone else
1: and yeah it's so... your match that's why i was that's why i think it was such a nice time to read this especially kind of for me, with the whole like normal people mania going on, which is great, yeah, and I fucking yeah. loved it, and I think it was amazing. But like, it's nice to kind of read about the relationships and fucking heartache of someone who's not nineteen, conventionally gorgeous, mm. and in Trinity. Like, you know, yeah, I liked to read about Bridie at this time in history, like when when all that went totally. on. Do
0: you think do you Bridie is a virgin? And this is, I don't have a, a strong opinion either way, but I'd say, like, do you, do you think she's a virgin?
1: Oh, no. I, th- I think she got the ride in the field a few times. Do you? Yeah,
0: I do too. And it's kind of, um, I think Bridie has had the ride a few t- I'd say she, in her, never came once. Not to be, you know. I uh, completely agree, yes. Yes. Uh, 100%. <laughs> And it wouldn't interest her. Like, it wouldn't interest her that much, but it's a means to an end if it's going to... I think the saddest bit for me about this whole thing is, like, she goes into the field of Bowser. I, I think, like... I think she knows that down Bowser's not going to marry her. Yeah. And I know she knows she's not going to come either. So I'm, like... I'm Half of me is, like, why is she doing it? Yeah. You why know?
1: Do that to yourself. I know.
0: But I get it. It's, it's so... I mean, my my mind is like, my mind is so warped for being like Catholic when I was young and like the way sex was when I was young and a teenager. It's like something to be, it's it's like something to be kind of stolen from you. Not like, like to be, tr- you feel like, for me anyway, I would go like, I don't want to be made a fool of or something like oh, that. When yes. Sex should not be that way. Like, it's not like for normal people or whatever. Um, but like, yeah. It's for so when reading this book, it kind of Jesus brought back a lot of feelings uh, that I had when I was younger.
1: Yeah, I stuff. get you. So you don't want to feel like anyone's pulling the wool over your eyes or anyone's laughing at you about it. You want to be like, well, yeah. I, I wanted to have it in the field as well. Like, I don't care if he went to his bedroom with someone else. Like, I, you know, yeah, yeah. It's... I mean the same thing as you.
0: I think you do. I think but the other thing is like being
1: at underage discos when I was younger.
0: Uh if a lad came up and said, Oh do you want to shift? and I would say like no or whatever. Anyway, go I didn't want to shift you anyway. So I need to fucking mess with you and stuff. So yeah. I've always had this weird kind of like uh antagonistic edge about uh courting and all that type of stuff. Like I just did not I did not court when I was younger. Sorry? And uh yeah, and like and like, you know, I wish I and mean, that's definitely definitely fifty percent my fault, fifty percent the absolute fucking dregs of scummy lads that were around me. And if you're listening to this and you are to school with me <laughs> and you're a lad, not you. What a road you, you're grand. <laughs> Is that, you it's wanna hear other that? <laughs> <laughs> the other lads <laughs> <laughs> You're you're one of the good ones. <laughs> Jimmy, you were fine. <laughs> yeah. I exactly. love the rock tail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, it's mad. Uh, I mean, I, my life, I'm just so lucky that I don't have to marry for money or anything like that. And that's not Bridie's fault. That's not Bridie's father's fault either. Bridie's father no, he's is really lovely. Found,
1: really nice boy. Yeah.
0: Second circumstance. Like, it's so... That's, and, that's and, what it is. It's a mundane circumstance. It's totally, it's totally mundane. It. She she lives in a farm, and her dad has got gangrene. I think isn't
1: it or something? He's got something. Yeah, on his leg. He lost his leg or something. He lost yeah. his leg. Yeah. So it's like uh, there's no. That's.
0: It, it's not like anything crazy has happened to this lady, that she has to now, marry in order to survive. You read the synopsis like there's actually feck all happening in it yet so much is because you just know what society is like and you know time is running out and it's just yeah and you know so what it's good. like
1: to feel shit and heartbroken yeah. or not even you're not even heartbroken because you didn't even fucking want that person that much <gasps> in the first place like that's it do you know that feeling yeah. of being made feel shit
0: by people that you yeah. could not give a fiddlers about do you know yeah. in their opinion their opinion doesn't matter. They you you actually pity their existence, but yet here you are being humiliated by them and and it's not like they're out willfully it's it's very hard because I, I sound like I'm talking like I hate everyone in the country. I really don't <laughs> I love the country. I know and this I know. is why I love this so much. and like yeah, it's just uh but but it is that kind of like Brighty is Brighty better than everyone though. I'm trying to think of her personality like she doesn't... See, the other thing is, and what I like about it, Bridie doesn't have any ambition. It's not like... She's a character that's like Belle out of feckin' Beauty and the Beast, where mm. she's in... Belle is in a village, and she's like, but I love to read, and I must broaden my horizons. Bridie just wants someone... The feckin' bring the turf in. Like, that's exactly. all Bridie wants.
1: For Bridie, <laughs> there is not more than this provincial life. She's living it and she's yeah. loving it. And she just wants to take care of her dad. Like, she's a carer as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It made me think of that thing you know in a family when say a parent is older or sick or whatever and there is one sibling that will step up and that's like well yeah. it's no question of it like I don't know if Bridie had siblings but it's like of course I'm staying here and taking care of them and my life is this whereas some siblings are like yeah I kind of need to keep living my life and going to work and doing whatever you know yeah and even in those days like there were siblings there were some siblings that went to the church.
0: There were some siblings that were married off for, for money and some that were kept as labour. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You're not going to have, like, a working-class family where, where like, let, let's say there's seven children and five of them become fucking barristers or something. One might. One might have aptitude and the whole family get behind and, you know, that kind of... It's the resources. And there's no, not enough resources for Bridie to even have, like... A person that she can stand breathing on her, like yeah. if her and, ba- and, and, and Bowser got married, like there's no like, do you know, I there must be so many marriages back in those days where you had to you had to sleep with a person that you felt physically sick by.
1: Yeah, where you just fucking closed your eyes and waited for it to be over.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. that's a big lot of marriages, and. And and you 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 chose that because it's either it's either their life that's ahead of you. You're waiting for it's. Do you know the conversations they have? uh, And they're talking about when their parents will die. Yeah, mad. It's a mad thing of like, oh, you just you wait now. My mother, she's got two months left in her tops.
1: That was his foreplay. Yeah, he was honestly getting himself ready to go, being like, not long left in the man now. (laughs) fully like
0: it's the new road frontage like <laughs> it's to have a dying a dying parent <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah that's how that's how work is exchanged it's it's a uh, it is it is great to look at that and to 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 feel someone's absolute fecking pain and panic and a, and she is capable of having emotions she's also very self-aware yeah. Um I love that about her. She has the ability to kind of question stuff uh and still go maintain the status quo. Like she'll yeah. go like I'm not she's basically going like I hate you, but <laughs> I'll still marry you.
1: <laughs> well yeah, sure, we're going into the field now, I suppose. Like you can just picture it so much him being like, Oh, will we stop off here? as if he wasn't planning it all along and her being like, Yeah grant yeah like i'm just being like fuck off and don't look at me during this i want to go yeah. home to my dad and have a cup of tea
0: imagine having mediocre sex out of boredom like i'd say that's how a majority of do you know because there's there's some people um who have one night stands and i just uh, i just don't understand how they're so bad at writing like
1: I don't. I think they try and put too many bells and whistles on it. It's like stop trying to do, like yeah. stop trying to gyrate like that. Like just be normal, or not be normal, but just be yourself, and maybe it will be slightly less shit. I feel like, like when just... they try tricks, that's when I'm like, oh, please don't. Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, that's that's like I feel that that's a modern thing. I feel like back in the day, uh, let's just say he's not bringing her in the in the field to finger her. Like, there's no, no kind of like, no, no, there's no. no crack in this for her. He can literally like, I I kind of the mad kind of um. I'm just getting distracted. There's two pigeons on my balcony. Oh, speaking <laughs> of, I know week of no <laughs> fingering
1: they get straight to <laughs>
0: But um, yeah, it's such a it's such a good book, um, and it gives such a good a uh, window into uh, Irish life. I mean It's very similar to normal people in the way that like um, you know, it's, the the book is from the the book is very good because the that there's fecal dialogue, but you do you do really feel for 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 these for 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 Bridie like you you
1: you feel her feelings and
0: I felt and like that too,
1: like. Yeah, it is like normal people in the sense that your heart fucking breaks and you're like, oh, my God, I know that kind of moment where you just are like, yeah. why can't it be different for that person? Why?" Oh, Jesus. You-
0: Especially Connell. Like, Sally Rooney does such a good job um, writing for Connell because Connell says feck all yeah. and uh, the miscommunication. And it does seem so obvious to him. Um, I don't want to spoil that book for other people, but mm-hmm. there's there's several situations that happen in normal people where um I you totally if you totally logically get why uh stuff is left unsaid and it's because they're incapable they're just they just haven't needed to communicate it before and yeah. uh, they don't know how it's very interesting actually with normal people and the that the the whole aspect where they're in sligo. Sorry to veer into normal people, but um, oh, we'll allow it. <laughs> Connell, Connell, kind of feels like uh, he is an outsider because he doesn't know who his dad is, and mm. uh, like the village, the village are grand about it, but it is spoken about, and um, that that is like a a micro society thing that I think the ballroom of romance does very well. The way that the the men talk about, you know, uh, Madge has got a squint on her. Madge is getting old. And they're basically going mad as an old whore, mm. and that's not, you know, they they are they're basically kind of, uh,
1: giving her that reputation so they can abuse her. Um. Yeah, sure. Someone fucking, I can't remember which lads could be one of the young lads. Someone like tries to fucking finger her when she's just standing there, and even yeah. the owner of the ballroom of romance is like, oh, look it was with one of the younger girls, maybe I'd say something. But well, your man yeah. is grand and Madge has been at it before, basically.
0: Yeah, it's disgusting. And like, yeah. what I love is you never read um, Madge is treated this way because this, it's these, you hear it in dialogue, you see it. The, the men coming together in the ballroom and they're, you know, they're drinking whiskey in the bathroom. So they're breaking the rules of the ballroom already because the ballroom is supposed to be a place of no alcohol they don't give a shit they 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 have their whole like this is their routine they have standing as yeah. well in the the men are given a lot more leeway uh to get away with stuff women uh generally like once you slip once that's your whole reputation you can be uh abused again and again and again um it's just, it's like with rape trials yeah um
1: pair out like pull out your whole history,
0: anything, yeah, yeah, your whole history, so you could be you could be a p- person that's uh you know sexually active in a way that's deemed not uh not pure, I suppose mm. would that be a fair way, and then you know you're you know um your your past behavior is brought into account, you're right about Madge about like if it was one of the younger ones because it it wouldn't even be if it was one of the younger ones that are sexually active, it's one of the younger ones who didn't get the chance to be sexually active yet, so therefore them getting fingered is like, a, is a bad thing, but because Madge's reputation is so bad, he hasn't taken anything away from her. He's assaulted her. Yeah. He's dehumanised her. He hasn't destroyed everyone. everyone. Yeah. And the poor thing, she goes back, this is, this is the only attention she gets, I'd say. You know that, t- I know people that keep Going back to abusive groups of people because they're their friends because they've no other friends in the world. You know, people would rather go back to a group of people and
1: be abused again and again and again because it's oh, yeah. sort of
0: social interaction.
1: Yeah, I completely get that. But I guess you'd think you deserved it, or yeah, you would think you had no one else. Oh, yeah, de- it's de- definitely for me. It's like
0: thinking of no one else. Yeah, and like um, and also. That thing of like, I know you're taught from an age as well, and I don't know who taught me or whatever, maybe society thing of like, oh, if a guy, guy is mean to you, means he likes you. So,
1: oh, you know, that old choice.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure like, Madge, and I'm sure like, I'd say Madge gets ruined every time she goes to the ballroom romance, the thing that she kind of sees as someone liking her, yeah. you know, and even when they're mean to her and stuff, she's probably thinking, well, they, they've talked to me they like at me. least they're looking and at me oh, well, yeah yeah so it's like when I read it at first I mean you think but it's great to have a conversation about it with someone because I haven't really like this I borrowed this book off uh my boyfriend and he didn't read it like yeah uh, he just didn't get into it and um it's great to kind of talk to someone about it It's a woman, I suppose,
1: you know? Yeah, I (laughs) really like chatting about this one. I I gave it to my mom after I read it. And she she just read it quickly, like sitting at the table, obviously, because it's so short. And I didn't want to say much. I didn't want to be like, I love it. It's so sad and so good. (laughs) I was like, I think it's really good. And I gave it to her and she just closed it and she was like, yeah, it's sad. That's the way it is for some people.
0: Oh, it totally is. And it still like, is.
1: Yeah.
0: It still is to some degree. Like, not to that. Like, no one, no one, no no one's going to, like, uh, inherit a farm and not be able to, you know, you, you'll be practical. You'll sell off the land. You'll do something. Yeah. But to a lesser degree, it is the same in a way in some parts of society. You know, it's that whole... I just feel weird because I'm 30 now, and um, as a comedian and stuff, you feel like, um, you know, this whole, like, 30 under 30 oh, uh, God, lists yeah. and, and you know, stuff that I benefited off as well before and shit. But then the closer you get to that cough point or whatever, the more and, – and also, like, I, I used to get asked, and it weirded me out so much, oh, when are you going to have kids, like, in interviews? Mm-hmm. And I could go, well, I'm 20, you know, whatever. Well, I can't do that because I'm 30 now. <laughs> it's not that. I don't <laughs> feel.
1: Like,
0: I know, I know. No, like, I know. Anyway. Yeah. But it's great to be young and to have the excuse of, like, shirt. I'm just yes. a girl. Yes. Yes, my is <laughs> Stacy, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I was just—I'm just a woman, it's mad like it's. I—I it, I, I read it and I did. It. I think I put maybe too much. I put I put too much kind of thought or meaning into it as well. Maybe it's just like a nice little book. I don't scenes. think you
1: did at all. I think like he knew what he was fucking doing. Like that, maybe some people would read this book and be like, "What the hell? It doesn't even say anything." And that some yeah. people would read it and be like, "I am." Um, dead that book so into the depths of my soul like and he's like yeah I don't care how you perceive it but some people are going to be destroyed forever after reading it I was one I, th- I think maybe you
0: <laughs> oh for sure and it's written by a man
1: yeah it? I'm like how do you know what happened in Bride's mind you're not allowed to have seen that
0: he did he did he really did and it must have been like he must have seen that as well. I mean, this is a period piece. So this is a time where, like, he, he was born in the 30s, I think. I look up with William Trevor, isn't it? That's the name. Yeah. He was born in Cork and then he, he moved to Britain in the 50s. So he was about he was about in his mid-20s when he moved or something like that. So he would have had, like, all of his young life, being in provincial towns in different parts of Ireland, and kind of sucking that in and then spitting that out in his mid-30s. I did a bit of Googling. Oh no, no matter. He studied sculpture uh in Trinity and he gave that up and became a copywriter and then did short stories. And um he uh I watched the film again today to try and like uh I don't know, I just i when I'm doing a podcast where we're talking about something that we've read or I just I just like to do my because I feel uh, he, he, you know, It'd be I, a better I'd trust. Be a... Yeah, it does as well. Even though, like you know, you forget the names and shit, but you know what you're on about. Ah, in, like I yeah, do. Yeah. Know, like... No, it doesn't matter
1: um, the name. You know what happened to them.
0: Yeah, and the the film is very good. You can get it on YouTube. There's a. Uh, it's got Brenda Fricker in it. She's brilliant. I think the book might be slightly better in my eyes, just because. You can see where she kind of daydreams about what it would be like to, to be married to Bowser and um, all Bowser And also, like, yeah. you know, she didn't like Dano. I don't think she found Dano attractive, by the way.
1: No, it was literally yeah. like, Dano is grand. I've got to... okay.
0: Imagine being terribly upset over a person that you don't even... That's how desperate it is. She's upset that she's been rejected when she, you know, she hasn't really been rejected. He's just, I hope, I hope Dano and the widow, like, uh, have a good, like, relationship, you know what I mean? I hope it's, uh, yeah, I presume maybe because she's a widow and stuff, he really does love her, like, because it sounds like a lot of the men of emigrated this, like, Bridie has all choice, the love of her life is in Wolverhampton, you know and I mean. Was he the love of her life, or was yeah. he someone that she found slightly
1: attractive? When she was sixteen, and thought that she yeah. was in love, like, yeah.
0: like, uh, and and to have, uh, I hope, I hope, like, I hope, that, uh, for me, the love story is and the widow. I, I, in my head, I hope they're like, they they ride loads, they have a good time with each other. Uh, when I'm older, I don't know. It's so weird yeah. that I'm just. She, she, she would have had a husband before. She knows what she's
1: doing, you know. Yeah, she's been around the block. I know, fingers crossed, someone's fucking happy yeah. in this. Like, <laughs> you're like, I need something to hold on to. I guess maybe the couple who own the club this seem happy. This is nice. nice.
0: It's strange. I, I feel that it's, once again, good choice of the offer as well to talk about how uh the fellow who owns the ballroom is trying to keep it like a decent place and they have mentioned of God yeah. in the uh, in in the in the community centre and this place is basically like a a place for people to meet up. I wonder I wonder how because I know mass was used back in the day, back when I was a teenager anyway. Mass on a Saturday night was definitely used as a place for young people to meet up. Like it was, and okay. I feel that maybe five years previous it was more like that, you know, like it really was like people were not giving a shit in my generation and now the generation after. There's was nothing of that at all. But there was a sniff of like yeah. social, a, a social kind of, um, a social contract, I suppose, of, of going to mass. And I wonder like 20 years previous, and just maybe because... I've kind of missed out Is in my mother and my my father is English and my mother met him in a nightclub. And I don't have, like, uh, I don't think I've missed out per se, but I, I wonder what it's like to have uh, a family that have generations lived in the one village, you know, and, like, their parents met. Look, where, yeah. where did your parents meet,
1: Fiona? Well, okay, I was just going to say, because when you said William Trevor's from Cork and moved to... Yeah. England my grandparents on my mom's (laughs) side sorry I sound like an American but my grandparents on my mom's side are from West Cork and they moved to England as well like to get jobs so that's where my mom was born and this ballroom of romance it so reminds me of like when we drive down for our holidays in West Cork there's this like it's like a barn it's like a tin shed on the side on really on the side of the road like there's no frontage or anything it's on a sharp end and everyone always says like that's where the disco was like where your granny and granddad used to go to the disco and it's so the ballroom wow. of romance so like like yeah it's in the middle I wish I could show you it like because you say you haven't seen one it's in the back arse of nowhere it's really just like on this most random stretch of road and everyone would probably have to like cycle or you know, yeah, drink yeah. and drive to get to us, Um and then so my granny and granddad, I think she he wouldn't marry her for years, but like they grew up yeah in the same village, and I think my granddad owned a shop, yeah. so he was a bit posh. Oh, there's such an element um, of that. Yeah, you know that vibe, and then so my my mom obviously uh, grew up in London then, but she actually met my dad in a nightclub down in West Cork the same place because he was down there wow. on a lad's holiday where's your dad so from there... that's crazy yeah it's
0: crazy ah.
1: he's from <laughs> London yeah it's mad yeah so there definitely is like a as a history like or a, a bit of a family history yeah down no I'd there love
0: to sure. like um I'm trying to because my family my family constantly moved between Ireland and England and like my extended family as well like loads of them did like my grand and my granddad met in birmingham they're both from ireland and they met they met on a double date um oh. yeah my granddad was actually on a double date with her sister and she was on a double date with his friend and then they swapped like i uh, think yeah my my granddad decided she liked his friend better than granddad and so that's what happened like they were, for what? mutual uh, <laughs> understanding
1: i love that though because at least that means there's a bit of thought behind it like and it wasn't all practical like they actually did like each other yeah isn't it
0: mad isn't it mad how like it's a luxury uh it's it's a luxury it's definitely massive luxury back then it's like being in love and married is like bananas like it was something super (laughs) rare in the 40s like you've never seen it but now like it's a it's a staple. It's what you expect. Like, if a shop didn't have bananas, you'd be like, this is a shit shop. If your life didn't have yeah. a marriage with love in it, you think it's a fair life, and maybe it isn't, like, you know, it's mad.
1: It- oh, my God. I cannot get over how accurate that is. <laughs> I just thought of that after the tap of me dome. <laughs> Alison, what the fuck? That's just so true. Like, when you were... Back then, I don't know, I wasn't alive, but I guess you're like, I'm not getting bananas then.
0: Whereas yeah, that...
1: like, what the fuck? I'll go to Tesco if Little doesn't have bananas. Maybe Absolutely. not at the moment, because we're limited our <laughs> business to shop.
0: <laughs> but yeah, yeah normal pro- pro- like, but once again, like, let's say if the pandemic, God forbid, continued, or whatever. Mm-hmm. If life changed as we thought it was good, it, that if life changed in a very different way, like we all have to stay inside or or whatever uh maybe marriages or partnerships could be like for people that are locally close to you like it could be yeah it's uh it won't happen, but like I can understand why it did back in the day, and uh also like you wouldn't you wouldn't cry yourself to sleep gone like uh you were never promised bananas
1: back in
0: the day either it wasn't I don't know
1: what you you can't miss like what you never even thought was for you
0: yeah yeah exactly exactly And like Bridie didn't it's mad this book could be so shit if she if she like um and I don't know why I don't know why that makes it shit in my mind right but the thing that makes it good is 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 the way that Bridie um it's yeah, Briony is so self aware, and it's not like she's gone. I want to fall in love. It's strange for me because I was brought up on a diet of Disney films. So when I was a kid, yeah. watching, uh films, it had to be love's true kiss or whatever bullshit it was. It didn't. It was never practical to marry the prince. It was, it was, uh true love, Uh and it's a thing that I was brought up, and I'm, I'm sure you were too of like. It's about falling in love. It's about being in love. It's about like straight away looking at someone, and and even if they're uh, a swan, you just know you're in love with them because they're in <laughs> the love with your life. Whatever. Like,
1: you We're know. looking at you, swan princess. You <laughs> definitely are. But it's not, they,
0: they don't say, oh, it's just great. Uh, I've fallen in love with this prince because my life is shit right now. And it would be lovely to have a few cleaners and to not be. A slave anymore to my sisters and my stepmother or whatever. Yeah. Um so 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 we're going around when we're older going, I just want true love. I just want I and, and and romantic comedies feed into this and, and society does as well. It's mad how we and I do, I feel sorry for people that don't marry people and they die and I'm like well they never had true love and I don't know bullshit they they could have had true love and they just didn't get married or they yeah. didn't want it or whatever but because I've been brought up uh by television and, and books and everything like that to go your your life is nothing without true love yeah and and it but this bridey has been taught she hasn't she hasn't been taught like your life is nothing without true love uh, but she has been taught your life will be significantly more difficult unless you get married to someone and you're able to produce kids. So you need to get married before your ovaries give in, um. So you'd be able to provide like maybe five or six kids. Like let's yeah. say she's in her mid thirties at this stage. If they really if she got married and they really went hard at it, you know, like she's <laughs> pregnant on that for a couple of years. She could give birth to a couple of kids. Maybe two of them might be lads. She's very lucky there. Yeah. So she's got two farm hands that will help her she'll marry off a couple of the girls and maybe one will go into the nunnery or the priesthood or you know maybe one will get a profession and be a uh, yeah look after them when they're older yeah be a yeah. teacher uh but her pension plan is getting married and that is dwindling so it's uh it's it's mad like no disney princess gets married uh, for the possibility of having security and having children that will then look after her in old age it's never fed as that it's fed yeah. as fine true love Um, and like marriage as a concept it's so unromantic it's a contract it's a it's a contract between two people uh, for the exchange of goods do you know um, oh, yeah. and it's I and mean, it's not I'm not giving out about I'm not going like Well, marriage is shit but like it it is it is like it's not it the romance is not a part of that deal at all it is the part of like looking after someone being in a partnership like a co-op it's a co-op of two people
1: yeah together
0: um and I, I don't know why it was shocking for me to read ballroom of romance and there's a there's a part of me the mindset of like but she doesn't love any of these people why is she doing this and it's like because she's no and other choice, guy, honey. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's what she fucking has to do, but Bridie, Who would you? Who would you go with out of all the choices? I mean, I'd have, be having a look at the guy with the long arms that everyone's going on about, just the, <laughs> or or one of the new crowd coming in to work on that uh, new American job, unless yeah, work. the cement factory. Yeah. Or the was not that mad how that seemed to be the only
0: like because it's such a a new thing to them that they all wanted to talk about the cement factory because it was something different to fucking talk about and I know how that feels to live in a yes, village
1: so realistic like for Yeah,
0: oh stop Michael Jackson uh, moved into the to um, a recording studio two villages away from my village uh-huh. and all we did for that whole like summer and year I mean was just talk about Oh, I seen a limo go past and Michael Jackson's hand was sticking out of the limo. We didn't our whole see a limo. We might have seen like a nice looking Mercedes or some you know, something belonging to someone from Dublin going to Galway. And yeah, we but- thought, Oh, that's Michael Jackson and it's just a good thing to talk about. It's like a in in a, not an, even an interesting thing, but just something to talk about.
1: Alison, that's fair enough. Like <laughs> Mike, it wasn't like it was some B list celebrity, like I think anyone would be like, maybe that was Michael Jackson. It's not like it was just some fucking lad who was on X-Factor four years ago. No disrespect to you, Matt Carter. I hope you're doing well in your career. But, like, that's a big deal. Who would you go for? I'd
0: probably go for... I... Dano? Probably. The the thing of, like, him not drink, and know it sounds like... Practical, I know he works for the council I think she was, that the thing that she was Offering him was was A good deal, she'd yes. fix his eyes He'd be able uh. to get a bit Of fresh milk in the morning You know, like yeah. the eggs All that type of thing, he could go off I don't know, he could go off and uh, Work for the council during the day I, I, I think he was like a council worker So I'd say it's like doing roads and all that Right? Isn't it? A wonderful pension Like a, a great practical pension uh, or she should have. Uh, if I was her, it would have fed off to England myself and worked in the factories. But she couldn't because of her dad. Her dad, yeah. I yeah.
1: think Nano's a good choice. I think he seems like a really nice man. Yeah, and I love
0: a I love a man that like has an ailment. Do you know, like, yeah. Mister Rochester had manners in the last chapter of Jane Eyre's book because he was in a fire. Yeah, you're God like,
1: oh, him. now you want help? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And I love when she was talking to him about the eye gel, because, you know, when you're trying to like get an excuse to talk to the person you fancy and you're like, oh, my God, literally the only thing that I can bring up with them at this moment is this eye gel. And yeah. <laughs> like, No, you're grand thanks. I don't need it. And you're like, well, I can drop it over to your house if you want. Like, it's no problem. And I'm like, oh, my God, Bridie, I feel you.
0: I know and there's also that element of and I think this is like a big country thing of I can't remember the poet and and my culture credentials are destroyed but there's some (laughs) lad who does a great he did a great recitation poem about kind of um peeling spuds and it was it was a such a romantic fucking poem but it was so practical it was just the act of like it's the act of doing something practical for someone you love because you want to make their life a bit easier, but you love oh, them so much, yeah. And you can't, you can't just go here, baby. I love you. You have to go. There's spuds <laughs> in the sink there, and they're peeled. Do you know,
1: peeled already. Oh yeah. <sighs> it's oh, so it lovely. means so much. It's such yeah. a lovely gesture.
0: So practical, and it's great to have someone in your corner. It kind of seems like a simpler time back then, of um. Do you know, like, I'm in a relationship, and I don't know about you, but when I got into a relationship, there's this weird thing of, like, you feel kind of validated in a way that yeah. you didn't think you would before. And um, you're kind of, like, you're in a partnership, you're helpful. Um, also, the great thing about being in, like, having a boyfriend is, like, sometimes some it's just someone in your corner, someone to have yeah. your back. And I think that's like, that's all people were looking for when they went to these ballrooms is to have someone in their corner. It's like life can be so relentlessly hard and just to have like a little bit of help, whether that be practical or, or whatever. Like I'm sure if Madge was married, um, she wouldn't be laughed at the way she is.
1: Yeah. But because she's on
0: her own. It's easy for people to kind of like dehumanize her because... You know, there's no one. I I noticed it back in the day, in other situations where I'd see, and this goes for comedy actually as well. I would see people kind of like be bullied in comedy, and they'd be bullied because they're not part of a clique or they're not part. Of, you know, yeah. if you and it's like some sometimes, and this this is like no one, no one. Did, there's no like, there's no rampant bullying in comedy. It's it's just like society and life. But there's like friendships you make and people you work with that like there's a natural kind of alliance there, you know, and you just know in the back of your head like that it's 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 like being in a village. It's like having someone that has eggs. Someone has a camera. You know, that's their yeah. they have a lot of hens that they can help you with and you can work together and uh be able to barter and trade skills and uh
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you need to have something like that you're bringing to the table as well. So you're like, yeah what or, i do this if you do this yeah or be really good you know you can yeah. either
0: you can you can get away with like bringing nothing to the table but being very good at comedy but uh and you can get away with not being that good at comedy but having other skills that you can bring to the table and it doesn't matter it doesn't make you better or anything like that it's just way in life you know
1: mm-hmm. and
0: um the for for the ballroom of romance and for like village life, it just it's so stark and so there, but it's so it's so um it's so grim, Do you know, like that yeah. the people are people are kind of like putting happiness aside to have someone wash their eggs and be and to mm. and to put out seed in the field or whatever in order for them to live to 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 be able to eat. It's mm. just mad.
1: Yeah, that's just that's the stuff that matters it's like happiness isn't going to milk the cows to be no Bridie. and she knows that more than anyone and if she didn't have land she'd be treated very badly yeah yeah Do you know if she didn't um
0: if she, if she, it's um if she had more land she'd probably be married quicker it's yeah. mad my Bridie just falls in between the two things people aren't necessarily destroying her and using her like they're doing to match because she has that one element more but she's she doesn't have youth on her side um so she isn't being seen as a prize like it 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 just does drive me mad that i do think that those lads that go to the pub and then go to the ballroom of romance will end up married with women significantly younger than them because they can because maybe they have a bit of land or whatever and it you know it's just uh, it's uh, yeah, it's just mad, and poor Bridie doesn't have her mom there to
1: yeah. advise
0: her or nag her. Like I'd say, the man would be like, if the man was alive or whatever or there, she would have nagged Bridie into marrying some fella by then because she would have understand understood the importance of being happen. married. Yeah, yeah. I'd say the father doesn't. I'd say the father's happy with the work. That you know that he's sorry. He's very like apologetic to Bridie, and yeah. uh, but he's not. Yeah, he's not a woman. He has his land. He's he's He has his daughter. She'll mind him until he's dead.
1: And also, mm-hmm. he doesn't know about any of that stuff that, like, women have to... And also, yes. I think he's... I think the dad is so nice. And I think he loves Bridie. And if he sees that she's happy and they're happy together, I genuinely do think that he is a nice man and that he thinks that's fine. What do you Absolutely. think? Absolutely.
0: I do think that. No, I totally agree. And I think... Um... I think that's why he's like he's he's so he's a person I think that shows she shows her love to him with practical ways by like washing the eggs and also like being quiet and telling them no, no, it's no bother or whatever she adores the ground he walks upon and he loves her as well maybe maybe actually the her this love of her life and her soulmate is her dad I don't know like it doesn't seem like or or this fella that went to Wolverhampton, but I hope like I wonder if she desperate in a way to kind of like uh, get a husband and stuff to to allow her father not to feel guilt that she will be minded when he's gone i
1: think I it wonder, is yeah
0: a little bit of that yeah it's um no it's it's uh jesus it's 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 mad how at the start reading the book it's hard to describe it to someone without it's the same as normal people yeah <laughs> compared to normal people
1: exactly. they are similar though like they did make me think it made me think of normal people
0: well definitely if you had to read out the synopsis of what happens in normal people right so two people ride in school hmm. then they go to trinity and then they ride again then they go off to different parts of europe and then they ride again and there's no communication and there's also a lot of stuff left so. Uns- it's the stuff that's left unsaid that makes it so good I mean yes. it's, it's an incredible like Jenny I'm not no way am I shading and I cannot shade Sally Rooney or normal people it's brilliant
1: yeah, amazing amazing
0: amazing Um, but it's the same with this book it's hard to describe it's basically a woman going to a dance and realising that this is her last dance like she's yeah. not going to do this again I'm so happy for her that she doesn't do it again Yeah.
1: Um,
0: I really don't I don't mind what happens as long as she doesn't ride
1: Bowser again like that's uh that's, that's... I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, she is like when she says when she's like, Yeah, and that's gonna be the last night, or when just the narrator says that, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, she's had she's taken as much as she can take and she's not gonna make a show of herself, I think is what it is in her mind, even though that's sad that she would have to feel that way. But Yeah, yeah, and like
0: and what's pathetic is the men the men are older than her, the ones that went to the pub and they're not made to show up. You see Oh god, yeah, they're gonna keep going. And she she did this out of like this is a hard task for her to do. To go to get dressed up, to go have the same fucking conversations with people over and over again. I think as well, you know, there's no new people coming to this ballroom. There's only younger people gonna be coming to this ballroom. It's not like this yeah. place, is it? It's not like London. It's not like I'm sure if my grandparents met in Birmingham, if they didn't meet, they would have met other people. Someone else you know. Yeah. They would have, yeah. And this like the poor the, the sad thing about Bridie is like the people are just the young lads are getting younger or they're emigrating. There's just she's absolutely left with the, everyone's left with the dregs mm. of of people. And um and it's just it's just gonna be she, she's so correct to pull out when she pulls out. But yeah. it is it's like work, it's like toiling a field and finding more and more rocks. So well, eventually you're
1: going to have to stop. Yeah. The metaphors we are coming out with.
0: I know. <laughs> I had a coffee four hours ago with a load of sugar <laughs> in it. I feel, that's where the metaphors fly.
1: <laughs> Very much. Oh God, yeah. I feel like I could talk about it forever. Maybe.
0: Yeah, I really want to write now. Like As soon as yes. I'm chatting to you now, I want to like... You know, there's that's the beautiful thing about writing, and it's a beautiful thing uh, that this fella has written. It really is so. It's so good to write something so short and to that. That's something that I will think about for years to come from such a short book. Yeah, it's just it's incredible.
1: He's just someone who obviously, not to sound like Rose out of Titanic, he sees people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Imagine, because. He does the two sides so well, all the sides so well. Every character in that, no matter. I mean, such a short book. Some of these characters are only like two sentences. If you watch the film, and like I watched it today, you know some of these named characters it's hard to name them because they're in it for such a short amount of time. But there are some characters with like two lines in the in the whole in whole show, and. he he just he's he's a great observational eye and it made me like just inspired me so much generally to 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 be able to to not be afraid as well of not worrying that people would get the references.
1: Yes, or,
0: yes. You know it's just very unafraid, and it made me it makes me feel brave reading it. Like it's just so good.
1: Oh my god, that's so good. Okay, go and. Go and write (laughs) something that will make us all cry in a few months' time.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, Fiona. Alison,
1: thank you so much and thank you for suggesting this book because it really just was just a humdinger. No batter, no batter at all. (laughs) And there you have it, my little honeys my chat with Alison Spittle about the ballroom of romance. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it wasn't too long for you. These are long episodes, um, but look, if you have an issue with that, you can always turn it off. And if not, thank you for being here with me till the very end. God bless you. I'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye bye. You've just listened to Fiona's Book Club with Fiona Frawley. For more, go to fionasbookclub.com or follow online at Fiona for All or at Fiona's Book Club. New episodes every second Tuesday.